0: We have been working on this for virtually 10 years, I guess now, (laughs) 8 to 10 years. Uh, Dr. Randall and I, Charles and I, have been pretty busy individuals going our own ways. And uh, as much as we wanted to try to get together uh, to praise and worship the Lord together uh, as a group, it's been difficult Uh, And it finally happened, and uh, we made it happen today. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And I hope this is not the last time. I hope this is just the first time of many times that we'll reciprocate with one another. Uh, I hope that many of our renovators will take an opportunity to go over to St. Delight's and and, and uh, worship with them when you have a chance. We'll, we'll give you an excused absence. Charles will sign a note, <laughs> and you can, you can come back and give me that note, and we'll give you credit, and you can, your salvation's still good. Uh, if, you, if you have that signed note from Dr. Randall, it'll be okay. Uh, we have worked together in the community and different church uh, functions and community activities for 20 years, 20 years. 20, I, I, I don't know, long time. And I've always known uh, Charles to be a, a man of his word, a man of action, a man of the Lord. I love to hear the man pray. Uh, he's a mission minded guy, just like we are here at this church. He loves his community, absolutely loves this community. He knows the community better, I think, than anybody that I've met in. In this North Strand area, he knows everybody in this North Strand area that has a need. He really does. And, and the really important thing is he knows those in this North Strand community that don't have a need and say that they do. And, and he's not too willing to help those people that that say they have a need, but they really don't have a need. And and I really do appreciate that. And, and uh it's been our privilege since the beginning of Renovation Church to partner with St. Delights in many different ways. One of which is the, is the food drive here that we're going to uh, uh, um, talk more about after, after he comes to speak. But I want to, on behalf of Renovation Vineyard Church, welcome Dr. Reverend Charles Randall, the whatever, uh, to, to our pulpit... It's with great delight that we welcome you this morning. Yeah. And I think that's on. Let's see. Good morning. That's us There
1: you go. Good morning. Good morning. Lord Lord Jesus. After all of that, I don't know. I probably just need to leave. Amen. It is good to be here on this morning. Amen. We thank, he he don't like this, but uh, Pastor Wilson. Uh, thank him for inviting me, and as he foresaid, we go a long ways. Uh, first, I would like to honor God for allowing the opportunity to be here, and let me just share something very briefly uh, about he and I. Um, two Sundays ago, I planted a church in Carolina Forest, and one of the things that happened during the ceremony, there was a song that we played to reflect on the young man that was stepping forth. And the song talked about how he had waited. And oftentimes today, when people feel that they have a calling on their life, they don't wait, they jump. But I thank God for Pastor Wilson. I met him. He was sitting in an office. I don't even know if he was a preacher. Every time I would go by that office, he'd just be sitting there at the desk and sitting there at the desk. And the point that I'm trying to make is that he was humble, and he waited, and according to the Word of the Lord, the reason you see a thriving ministry here today, because the Bible says, they that humble themselves, that God will exalt them in due time. So we thank God for him, amen, waiting patiently, 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 Many times I would go by that office. I can remember we come out the conference room, and i go down the hall, and his office was right on the right, and he waited. And so we thank God uh, that God have exalted him. So what I want you to do, just put your hands together and bless the Lord for his patience. Come on. There you go. Amen. So we thank God again for being here, and uh, about 20 years ago, I preached out another church in North Murda Beach, First Baptist Church, and while I was in the back, uh, Dr. Harold Mitchell was the pastor at the time, and he said, Charles, now you know there's a trap door right behind that pulpit, and that thing opens up at 1230, and I said, Harold, don't worry about it. I had the boys go and boldly shut, but today I see uh, Pastor George got a trap door over there and a trap door over there, and I can't go forward, so I guess he means for me to stay right here. All right, so we thank God. We thank God for Sink the Light. Thank God for all of you at Renovation Church, for all your support. Amen. Thank God. I see our senator, all of you that are here this morning. Amen. We just thank God for you. Amen. And now we're about to go into the Word. Amen. All right, so if you have your Bibles, we would like for you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Amen. We have it? When you have it, I would ask you to just stand for the reading of the word in prayer, and then you can have your seats again. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says, And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you. We praise you, Lord, for this day. Lord, we thank you, God, for allowing us an opportunity to see a day that we have never seen before, oh God. God, I pray that you look upon me, your man servant, oh God. God, if I've sinned in any way, God, if I've wronged any, God, I come now with a heart of repentance, oh God, seeking your forgiveness. God, I just pray now, oh God, that you just anoint me afresh in this moment. Use this vessel of clay to proclaim your word on today, oh God. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. You may have your seats. Uh, I want you to repeat this after me. I want you to say, from death to life by grace. Come on, from death to life by grace. As the praise team was singing this morning, there was a, a couple of songs that they sang that confirmed to me the word that God had given me for today. For in one of their songs, they say, there is a better life. That was confirmation to me that the word that God has given me today is for now. Glory to God. And there was another song. I didn't jot that one down, but they were singing about grace, which we are going to talk about today. Amen? Now, according to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says, And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, man was formed from the dust of the ground, But he was not alive until God breathed breath into his nostrils. Now, this was the natural birth. Come on, say natural birth. Now, if y'all be real quiet, I'll probably preach at 3 o'clock. But if y'all make a little bit of noise, I might be finished by 2.30. Hallelujah. All right, So, so this was the natural birth. But when Nicodemus went to Jesus in John chapter 3, Jesus answered it to him and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is a spiritual birth. And this is the one that we want to talk about this morning. Everybody in here is alive and breathing, so you, you, you in the, you, you naturally you're born. But what about the spiritual birth? What about going from death to life by grace? So, first, let's deal with the death part. Psalms 51 and 5 say, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So, I need to establish the fact that we are dead, spiritually dead. If we are not dead, there's no need to go from death to life. So, it says, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, the Jerusalem Bible says, uh, you know, I was born guilty, a sinner from the moment of conception. And the living Bible paraphrase uh, by Kenny Taylor says, but I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment of conception, I was born a sinner. So, so I'm establishing the fact that you are dead and need to go from death to life if you plan to live eternity. So let's deal with this death state. Ephesians 2, 1, it says, And you have he quickened who were dead. Somebody say past tense. Everybody in this building is an X something. Y'all got that? Everybody is an X something. Everybody in here has something in their past that they don't do anymore, that they are not anymore. So, so the word of God in me dealing with the dead state, it says, and you as he quickened who were. Come on, say past tense. All right. Now that word were, I, I think when this a young lady here earlier, uh, used to teach my uh, my deacon. Lord God, so th- were means past tense. That means we're not that way anymore. He says, you were dead in trespasses and sin. Now, this is the old us. This is the dead state. This is what you have been bought alive from. You shouldn't be dead anymore. But we're going to deal with that. Let me get you through the dead state, and we're going to life. He says, look, God, you are not that way anymore. You were dead in trespasses, in sin. Now, I want you to watch this two-letter word. It says, in. So, in other words, um, I use myself, for example, probably, prior to July 6, 1980, I was into every sin I could get into. I was doing all the bad stuff that I could do, lying and stealing and cheating and everything. I was dead in. Come on, say in. I was dead in sin. But on July the 6, 1980, when God saved me, now I am dead to sin. Y'all remember those two two-letter two words? In, I was dead in sin, but when God saved me, now I have died to the sins of the world, and the sins of the world no longer has any power over me. Glory to God. He says, "You were dead in trespasses and sin. Now you have died. When God quickens you, you have died to the sins of the world." In Ephesians two and two, say, wherein in times past you walked. I don't know where my school teacher at, but it's a W-A-L-K-E-D, walked, uh, come on, say past tense, because I'm trying to establish the fact that you're not that way anymore. That, that, that's the way we used to be. Because maybe somebody today need to go from death to life by grace. Maybe somebody's still in that dead state. We're going to find out before it's over. He said, where in time past, you walked according to the course of this world. Now, 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 James 4 and 4 tells me that if you are the friends of the world, you are the enemy of God. Hallelujah. So, we don't walk that way anymore. Well, he says, "Go, in the time past, you walked according to the course of this world. Say, come on, I want you to say, X, I'm not that way anymore. I'm going, I'm going from death to life by grace. He says, according to the prince of the power of the air. So, so we're not that way anymore. Well, God, so, I looked up the word quicken, and that means to bring alive. We were dead, but he said, you have, he quickened. In other words, God has brought us alive. Amen? All right, let me finish with the dead state, because we want to get to life, right? And, and, and my time's almost up. No. Hallelujah. So so in Ephesians 2 and 3, he says, among them also, we had our conversation. In other words, our life. In other words, the way that we lived uh, in times past. You'll find this word conversation means conduct. This word conversation means life. This word conversation means our behavior. So it says we had our conduct. We had our life. We had our behavior in times past. Tell somebody, say, it's over. or oh, y'all not talking to me. But y'all get quiet, I preach longer. It says, glory to God, we had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh. Somebody say, X. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. Were. What I'm trying to establish is were. Because were was our dead state. And we don't want you dead anymore. You can't make it to heaven still dead. You're going to have to be transformed. Amen? All right. So, so this was our in the past, the state of death in the past. And let me amplify it a little bit by going over to 2 Timothy chapter 3 to really help you understand where we were. And I pray we are not there anymore. So I went to 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, this no all time in the last times, last days, pearliest times shall come. And we are in those times now. But it helps me understand what it will be like. Say, for men shall be lovers of their own self. Lord Jesus. Somebody say dead state. Covenant, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, dead state. Now they might throw me out in a minute. Because if anybody is right there, you in a, you just need to come on over. God's going to give you opportunity, boys, over they just come on over. He says, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Come on, say, dead state. We're going to get you out of this dead state. Traitors, headed, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Hello, Murder Beach. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I, I hit home then. Uh, uh, somebody probably said to me, and I passed away. I wish he'd hurry up so I can go to the beach. No, they're not. They, they, they are clued, they are glued right into the word. Glory to God. All right, so, so this is just some examples of the dead state. He says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. This was our conversation in times past. But God has quickened us. That word "quickened." God has brought us alive now, so we are no longer that. He says, God." This was our uh, conversation in times past. So now, let's go from death to life. That's what somebody say, "All right, I- I'm tired of hearing about the death part. Say, so let's go to life." All right, in Ephesians two and four. But God, I like this uh, scripture. He said, "But God, who is rich in mercy." There is nobody in this building that does not need God's mercy. And one thing that has me so excited, since I have gone from death to life, I'm often reminded of the scripture in Psalms 23 how that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So when you see me, well, God, you might say, but that little pastor ran by himself. No, it's not. Because goodness and mercy is following me. Wherever I go, there's goodness and mercy. So you say, but God for his is rich in mercy, for his great love. For his great love, where is he loved us? What great love, Pastor Randall? Let me tell you what the great love is. The great love is found in John 3 16, uh, where it says that for God so loved the world uh, that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, and God kept dealing with me on that word, that whosoever. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where your life is right now. He said, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I like that. She's going to make me preach shorter. Everlasting life. Now, let me say something about the everlasting life. Everlasting life is free. It don't cost you anything. But it cost Jesus everything. It cost him everything so you could have everlasting life. So God wants you to go from death, which what we just described, he wants you to go from that life to eternal life. And let me help someone, because sometimes people say, well, I'll live like I want to. I'll do what I want to do. I'll die, go to hell, burn up, it'll be over. It don't work like that. Everlasting means. Uh, don't you know in Ecclesiastes, the Bible says that when the spirit leaves his body, I just shared with you uh, Genesis 2 and 7, how God breathed the breath of life into that body. When that breath of life is your spirit, and when that spirit leaves the body, it's going back to the one that gave it. And when it go back to God, uh, either you will spend eternity with God, or you will spend eternity but your spirit does not die. Let me say that again. Your spirit does not die. It's going to spend eternity somewhere, and God wants you to spend eternity with him. That's why it says in John three sixteen, he came that you might have everlasting life. It's free. If I got this old wild $100 bills out my pocket and threw it out there and said it's free, all will scoop them up. If I say they're free, Everybody be trying to get them some of those $100 bills. Where everlasting life is free. For God sent His Son not into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him the world might be saved. Amen? So, so look what it says in Ephesians. I'm half finished. Ephesians 2 and 5. Even when we were dead in sin. I want you to think about that for a minute. I, I want you to think about some of the bad stuff you've done. Boy, let me let that simmer for a minute. I want you to think about some of it. Glory to God. Even while I I, I preach on me, I won't preach on y'all, I preach on myself. Even while I was a sinner, if I had died on July the 5th, 1980, my soul would be in hell right now. Because I was a drunk, I was an adulterer, I I was everything bad that you could think of. Mm. Yes. Oh no, Pastor Randall, not you. Everybody thank you so nice. Uh uh-uh. uh, not probably July 6, 1980. Amen. But so, so, so listen, even while I was dead in sin and doing all the bad and hateful and mean things that God did not like, the Bible said, For even while we were uh, dead in sin, has He quickened us. In other words, God has brought us alive together with Christ, He has quickened us. He has brought us together. He has quickened us. I'm reminded of the story and of the truth in Ezekiel, how there was a valley that he took Ezekiel out of all these dry bones, dead, dry bones. Y'all heard the story? Amen. But they came to life. Amen. They came to life. And God is saying today, you can come to life. You can go from death to life by grace. Amen. And Ephesians 2 and 6 says, and he raised us up together and have made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Tell somebody, say, that's life. You might see me as short and bald headed and preach too loud and too long and all of that. Amen. But listen, I have been raised up together with Christ Jesus, not raised up by the government, not raised up by my wealth, not raised up by this, but I have been raised up together with Christ. Amen. And that's where he wants you to be. So now we realize that we can be spiritually resurrected to everlasting life. Isn't that awesome? Since we know that God wants this, according to John three and John three sixteen, let's look at the means by which this happened, and that is by grace, Amen. In Ephesians two and eight, he say, "For by grace are you saved." Come on, somebody say grace. He said, "For by grace are you saved through faith, and that's not of yourself; it is the gift of God." Now, I think sometimes people think they save themselves. In the next verse, say not of works. It's good. We should go to church and we should work. Pastor George should be able to just take it easy and chill out. Amen. God I'm preaching the truth now. Amen. Glory God. So we need to work. But you don't work to get to heaven. But once you become born again, Lord God, you would have a desire, or urge to do everything you can for God. Now, if you're not pressing in doing all you can for the Lord, you better check and see if you're in the dead state. Somebody got to check their religion today, check their salvation today. Where are we today? Look what he says. He's, Glory to God. He says, For by grace are you saved. It is the gift of God, not of works, that any man should boast. Uh, Glory to God. So let me define this grace in a couple more scriptures. I'll be done. Grace has been defined as the love and mercy given to us by God because he desires to give it to us. Amen. Grace, grace is not necessarily because of anything that we have done. It's the favor of God, the free and undeserved help that God gives us. That's grace. You can't work up to it. You can't buy it. Sometimes, folks like Simon over in Acts chapter eight, and I, I, Simon saw the God using the men of God and. What was happening? He said, but can I buy some of that Holy Ghost? You can't buy this. Grace of God is free. Come on, say free. It's free, glory to God. It's the gift. Let me finish the definition. I'll be almost done. It says, it's the gift from God to people. Generous, free, and totally unexpected and undeserved. That's grace. And that's how we go from death to life. For the Scripture says, glory to God, by grace are you saved. Amen? So, so, so let's deal with this. It says, by grace are you saved. In Acts 15, 11, he said, but we believe that through the grace of God. What are you saying, Pastor Ram? Through the favor of God, through the free gift of God, through the undeserved gift of God, are you saved? He says, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Even as they, from death to life by grace, there is no other way. There is no other way to get to God. Glory, God. Now let me share something with you, and I'm, I'm coming in. Glory, God. You need the new life because, because of what Adam did in the garden, and he did not eat an apple. Lord Jesus, he wasn't an apple. Y'all quiet on me now. But because he ate from the forbidden tree that God told him not to, man became separated from God. And the only way back to God is through Jesus Christ. When we became separated from God, that means we were all born into this world. You're going to see in a few minutes. We was all born into this world as sinners. David says in Psalms 51 how he was born as a sinner. We talked about that earlier in Psalms 51. So how do I get back to God? That means when we was born into the world, and I want you street talk, we was born into this world, the devil was your Lord. Amen. Is that right? Because we was hooked up with God like this. But when Adam sinned, we became separated from God. That means as the Scripture said, we was all born sinners. That made the devil our Lord. And I want you to think about it, how many people in here, that the devil is still your Lord. If you have not gone from death unto life, then the devil is still your Lord. Lord But when you become born again, the devil is no longer your Lord. Because what happens, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, you hear what I'm saying? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible says, thou shalt be... Oh, Jesus. Y'all preaching good now. Y'all going to make me quit. Hallelujah. The Bible says that thou shalt be saved, and at the moment that that happens in your life, you have just divorced the devil as your Lord, and now Jesus has become Lord of your life. And you won't be perfect in that instant, but then you will begin a journey to learn how to live better for God. From death to life by grace. So it says in Titus two eleven, they say, "For the grace of God which brings salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that now this is the life that we should be living, teaching us that denying ungodliness, worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteous, and godly in this present world." Come and say from death to life by grace. Now I'm concluding now. So the question is: This is my conclusion. Uh, it's three o'clock, right? So so the question is, have you gone from death to life? Think about it. Have you gone from death to life by grace? Have shame and pride and friends and other things kept you from making this journey? From death to life. Think about it. Has, is there anything out there that has kept you from making this journey? You still live that death life that we talked about? In Ephesians? Is that what we still living? Or have you gone from death to life? Today, God has allowed us another opportunity to get it together. And if you have not made that journey, I'm not going to put you on the spot. But if you have not made that journey, or if you don't know whether you have made that journey, we're going to pray. And if you're really sincere in your heart, as the Scripture says, that if thou shalt confess with thy own mouth, I can't do it for you. But if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. See, when you confess him as your Lord, you just divorce Satan as your Lord. And he becomes your new Lord. So so we're going to pray. Like we're about to bow their heads and close their eyes where they are. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your word, oh God, that has gone forth on today, God. God, now we come to this moment, oh God. God, if there are any in this building, God. God, that has not made that journey. God, that have not taken this step, oh God, to make you Lord of their life. And they desire to do so today. We pray, oh God, that you receive them. God, they may not understand all this happening in their life right now. But God, I believe, God, if they would confess you as their Lord today. And believe in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. That they would begin the journey unto eternal life with you. God, search every heart now. Touch every heart that's represented in this place today. We ask it, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.